If you've ever found yourself passionately curious, the type to soak knowledge and question the how and why, and think you might have the curiosity to push past average, push all the way to limitless, then welcome to Sales Network One. Sebastian Vivacqua is an expert on the human connection of sales in life and business, and he's here to evolve our thinking about the psychology of selling. You'll also hear from sales heroes, growth addicts, and rising stars on their strategies, methodologies, and techniques all tools you can use for your own limitless growth. It's the concepts, the fundamentals, even things you've heard before, but presented in a way that just makes sense. Now, let's get into it. Welcome back, guys. Today, I have on the show Stan Dowlove. He's from Bulgaria and currently working for Ingra Micro as a lead development specialist. He's uh, been doing corporate learning for over seven years now, and he's super fascinated by by people and the limitless potential that every individual carries. Um, it's funny how I met Stan. I did a, a, a public speaking coaching session with him, and that's one of the things he does uh, with his side hustle. And besides that, you know, he does training programs, workshops on various topics, um, negoti- like negotiation skills, project management, personal effectiveness leadership and also personal development and so much more so uh, looking forward to to get into today's topic you know talking about decisions uh, for life and business and and talking about the same towards negotiations so yeah let's get into it stan what's up my man thanks so much for coming to your show man hey thanks for having me <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanna I wanna straight ask you, you know, how how you doing, and, and and can you tell us a bit where you're up to these days, you know, at Ingram Micro and with your own coaching practice, man? Right. Hey, I was anticipating that question, and you know, I actually gave it a thought of how we go about responding to that, because you can right. say that today, I'm up to more than I've ever been at any point in my life and career. And the reason why I say that is because there's currently a lot of different training programs, workshops, initiatives going on in the corporate field where I'm at. And at the same time, I'm also building my coaching practice where I get to work with clients from all over the world and be part of their growth and development and positive transformation. And putting that all together, it's it's a unique cocktail of me switching between different roles that I play and it's just an incredible ride that I'm enjoying at this point. All right, awesome, awesome. And and the main thing I mean is it's coaching people in in the in unveiling so to say the, the potential that everyone has, right? So that's basically what you're up to between both, right? In corporate and in your own uh, in your own times, correct? Absolutely correct. See, um I'm what you might call a people enthusiast. And I I fundamentally love working with people. And my main goal in every single interaction, whether it's a training session, a workshop, a coaching session, or just a casual conversation, is really to help people bring forward the best version of themselves. Or in other words, bring their potential to life. Because everyone carries a unique potential and it's one thing to have that, and it's great to have potential. 
but it's different to be manifesting that and to be transforming that into real life action, results, performance, all that good stuff that not everybody taps into. Sometimes it's because of lack of the right opportunity or the right kind of support, the right kind of challenge. And that's pretty much where I see myself coming in because through what I do, I can potentially create those opportunities, those challenges, that type of mindset that gets people to really bring on their best game. And that's really something. Totally. And I, and I think on what you do, you know, it's, it's so important for life and for business. And, and let's just say it's, it's both things. And so when you're doing that life coaching, you're also helping people with, you know, uh, be better on, in their own work as well. Um, and, and live, live intentionally. I mean, with, we, we, I've talked about this with, with many people. Um, and I just want to, for, for this, for the episode, I, what, I, what I have prepared is talking about two very specific skills that everyone needs, right? And uh, we, we talked about decision-making and uh, also negotiations, right? So those, right. Are, those are crucial and essential for everyone. Uh, and we, we can relate it back to sales. I, I, I want to bring that, that relation back to it. But, you know, I was, uh, you, you, you like the, the topic of decision-making. It's something that you drive a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And you even wrote an article on it uh, talking about, you know, how many decisions we're making per day, which is uh, pretty crazy, right? Right, it is. Absolutely. Well, thanks for checking out my article. I appreciate your attention to detail. Um, and it's, it's just one of those topics that fascinates me. It really does. Because every single day, and this is actually backed up by research, I believe it was researchers at Cornell University who did the studies. And it shows that on a given random day, people make about 35,000 remotely conscious decisions. So just think about that number, 35,000 decisions in a given day. Out of those 35,000, about 226 are related to food alone. Like what you eat, what you drink, do you go for this option, that option, do you want fries on the side or whatever. And that's a a mind boggling number, it really is. And a good thing to consider is, well, how much of that is actually conscious? Like how much of that do you actually have your awareness on and you get to process it properly, you know, weigh it in properly and then make the best pick, right? It's, it's something that's kind of left to an autopilot mode, you might say. Now you can't be making a pros and cons list for every single thing that you touch and do during your day. However, raising your awareness about your choices is definitely a good move. And the reason why I really dig into this topic is because oftentimes I hear people using some very, let's say, limiting type of language and and words when it comes to their own options. Like how often do you hear people say something like, well, I don't have a choice, right? My boss makes me do this. Or, or is this required? It's part of the, uh, the job description and, and I don't really have a choice. I have to be doing this. I hear that too many times. I've heard that way too many times, yeah. Right, right. And that type of mentality even would lead ultimately to a place where you feel like you're powerless, like you don't have any control 
over the things that go on in your life and you basically become a victim of circumstance like you are the way you are because of your environment because of the economy because of company policy because of the colleagues that you have or the boss that you have you name it right it becomes that part of powerless victim mentality thing which if you examine a bit deeper is not actually the case because no matter what happens no matter what circumstances and what environment you're in you always have a choice choice is always there exactly and in my workshops and in a lot of my training programs, I actually bring this up and I, I tell people, hey, you are a product of your choices. You're not a victim of circumstance. You're a product of your choices. And if you're not particularly happy with the results that you're getting or the position that you're in, the influence that you have, well, perhaps it's time to start making better choices. It's as simple as that. And I'm not saying it's easy, but it is that simple. Yeah, and I, I I I like the way you said it, and and just taking a little bit back at the beginning, I even wanna when I even give a percentage on because I've been talking a lot about this uh, recently on ninety five percent of our decisions are made mm -hmm. subconsciously, ninety five right. to ninety seven. You know the the research is there's different research, so the numbers are a bit in between, but it's it's quite you know it's a lot, it's a lot. And then another interesting thing that I've, I've talked recently about is the fact that our brains are coping in, in average, a human, a human person per day goes through 50 to 80,000 thoughts a day, you know? And then, and, then, and then you put into that into perspective then as well the amount of decisions that we're making, right? So mm -hmm. now all that is actually clouding your mind and... Uh, it, it can put you into either a dark, into a, 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 a bright place. Uh, but at the end of the day, in the, at the end of the day, that's the main thing. It's your choice, right? And, and that's, that's, something, that's something how you said it. You know, it's your choice. And how do you get to make those decisions? Again, comes down to your choice. Mm. But the, what I wanna, where I want to go next is, you know, we have in this, I think in this world, you know, we have um, people that might have a more fixed mindset and then you have those with a growth mindset. So how do you help people reinforce their key strength, understanding the two differences of mindsets there? Mm -hmm. All right. That's a great question. You know, I'll try answering that with a little exercise. Love it. You. Okay. All right. Good. The more so imagine, the better, man. <laughs> right. Imagine this. And this is, of course, a hypothetical thing, but yeah. imagine I'm giving you a choice of two different flavors of ice cream. You like ice cream? Yeah, definitely. Don't tell me what flavor, all right? Don't tell me the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine that on, on one side, I'm offering you vanilla ice cream, and on the other side, I'm offering you chocolate ice cream. Yeah. Which, which one would you go for? Vanilla or chocolate? Personally, chocolate. You go for chocolate. Why do you go for chocolate? I, I like chocolate more than vanilla, but uh, there will be an additional question that, that I would ask is, is it dark chocolate or is it light chocolate? Because I like the darker chocolate. <laughs> All right, let's say it's dark chocolate, okay? Yep. Delicious dark chocolate. So you go for that. That's your preference. That's what you would enjoy more. Yeah. Fair enough. That's a perfectly logical choice. But now this is what I do next, okay? Part two. I tell you... I got this vanilla ice cream, choose. 
What do you choose? Options. <laughs> and this is where people typically get confused because they say, what the, the hell? Is, uh, There's only one option. What, what, what kind of choice are we talking here? Well, choice is still there because you can yeah. say, hmm, vanilla ice cream, yes, please. Or you can say vanilla I'll ice cream, no, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And see, that's the tricky part where a lot of people fail to, to grasp. Even if you have one option, right? Even if you have one option, you still have a choice. Even if it's yes, please, or no, thank you, right? All right, I'll go for it, or no, I'm not doing it. And coming back to a point that you raised, fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Well, I would suggest that the growth mindset recognizes the freedom to choose in any situation because you always have moves that you can make, right? You're never without moves. You always have moves that you can make. And the trick is make the optimal moves, make those moves that will put you in the best possible position. And it's a, you can say it's an iterative process. It's something that happens continuously over and over again. And you keep on practicing it and you get better. You gradually get better at it. You're not always making the best possible choice. Your decisions are not always optimal because you know, you're biased, you're confused, you're misinformed a lot of the times. But as long as you're being mindful of this and you're deliberately working to improve on that front, things start going your way. Magic begins to happen. And I also thought about this. I think about this frequently. Well, the way to develop your key strengths, because that's also another point that you raised, you need optimal challenges to do that. You need to be pushing your own limits in order to see how, how much better your best could get. That's really the thing. You have to be stretching yourself and be faced with a little bit of adversity, faced with a little bit of conflict and confrontation. You need a healthy, and I say a healthy, mixture of those things in order to be growing, in order to be turning yourself into more than you are. Because that's where the potential is, right? That's where the, the promise lies. You have to go get it, and it's a gradual process. It's something that you do slowly, because it can yeah. also be destructive, right? It can also be done in the wrong dosage, let's say, or the wrong intensity, and that may harm you, right? That might break you if you don't handle it properly. So that's why I say be optimally challenged. Push yourself outside of that comfort zone. That's a beautiful cliche, I know. And yet it holds true. Growth doesn't happen in your comfort zone. And stability is the enemy of growth. You need a little bit of turbulence in whatever aspect of your life or business in order to be stretching yourself. Going further there, you know, like I want to now bring a bit of the, the correlation with the negotiation skills. Negotiation skills make you better at making decisions, right? And um, the thing is, sometimes even your autopilot kicks in for both things, for decision making and for, for even for negotiating what you're going to say. And again, your subconscious is already preparing you for it. Um, mm. if, if I bring back the, 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 the correlation in sales, so to say, there's already a, a, a lot that we need to make to do before we reach the point where we are talking about price and, and, and closing the deal. So when we are negotiating in, in sales, there's a lot of preparation to reach that point 
uh, because we want to, the main thing that we want to make sure that we have is trust. We know right. each other. The relationship. That relationship, you know, a deeper connection. Um, the more you get to know each other, the better. Um, and, and then when it comes to negotiation skills from your side, I know that you also like to, to put, I, I like the practical games, to be honest. So mm. I, I want to I wanna dive a little bit onto the, the split, split the orange. That's something that you do in, in, with, with your groups when you're coaching. And, and that's a nice way to touch point and, get, and, and, and talk about negotiation skills. It absolutely is. Um, I like the fact how you said that, well, improving your negotiation skills can lead to you making better decisions. Absolutely, absolutely spot on. And I would say that the reverse is also true. If you improve your decision-making skills, well, that can also help you do better in negotiations. It's, both it's interchangeable. Ways. It's exactly, it's both ways. It goes like that. Um, but now you bring up an interesting game, split the orange. It's, it's a very well familiar, let's call it exercise or game in this particular field. And the interesting thing there is it can be done in all sorts of shapes and sizes. Like, for example, I can do that in, in the form of a two-minute exercise. Now, illustrate the same point. I can do it into a two-hour long game or simulation, which still revolves around the same thing, but it just gets more complex. It gets deeper. And fundamentally, and I'm hoping not spoiling this for any one of, of your audience, right? If they're about to go to a negotiation seminar or training <laughs> of some sort, it's very likely that this topic will be part of that. Um, and yet it's still good to talk about. For sure. Because the, the central piece there is this duality between positions and interests. And there's a very good metaphor that we can use about that. And, and that's the iceberg metaphor. And I'm sure you know this. When you look at an iceberg, you're basically looking at the tip of the iceberg. And that's about 10% of its body mass. The majority of the iceberg, like 90% of its mass is submerged. It's underwater and you yep. don't see it. However, that huge chunk of mass, well, that's really what guides the iceberg. That's what, really what directs it in a certain, in a certain direction, right? Um, so the split the orange game, simplest version of that is there are two little kids, let's say brother and sister, yeah. and they're fighting over an orange because it's the last orange in the house and they're fighting over it. And one kid says, I want the orange. The other kid says, I also want the orange. And, and, and they can't come to terms about it. Who gets the orange? It's only one orange. And they go to their mom to sort of uh, settle the dispute. I do a little bit of arbitrage and, and the mom is busy. She's got a lot of work to do. She doesn't want to deal with that. So she just takes the orange, she takes her kitchen knife, cuts it in half, and then lets both kids have half the orange. And that's the, that's the resolution, right? And it's not a very good negotiation because nobody got exactly what they wanted for, right? They all got half of what they wanted for. So both parties are a bit, you might say disappointed, right? They're not thrilled with the solution, but it's a solution, right? You can say it's a compromise. So we compromised, we all got half the orange. But then the game goes a little bit further and explains that the little boy wanted to squeeze the juice out of the orange to drink, right? He wanted some orange juice, so he wanted to squeeze yeah. the juice out of the orange. And the girl actually 
wanted the skin of the orange because she's baking a little cake and she needs to grind the orange skin to give flavor to the cake that she's baking. And so that's really a good depiction of positions, which is what you say you want, okay, and interests. And that's the reason why you want it. Why is that important to you? What does it, what does it do for you? When you have that, what will it mean for you? So those are your deeper underlying motivations about the position that you take. And it's very interesting because in real life and business situations, people are likely to change their position because you can say that there are more than one way of getting what you want, right? There's more than one ways to skin a cat. Nice expression. There's more than one way to get, get what you want. But the thing is your interests, the deeper thing that you're actually after, that doesn't really change. Your interests are, let's say, hard-coded, right? They, they go deeper, they run deeper with you. And to be a good negotiator would mean to really uncover the interests that drive the behavior and the position of your counterpart. Why is it that they're making this demand? Why is it such a big deal that they have to have this price or these terms specifically or that particular clause in the contract? Why is that thing so important to them? What makes them so hung up on them? And, and really play to uncover that. And, and that means asking good questions, paying attention, really being an active and attentive listener so you can read between the lines and extract information that's incredibly valuable. That helps you make the best deals when you're able to satisfy interests and to generate solutions that do just that, satisfy interests. Um, so that's, that's great, yeah. in a nutshell. Hmm. I think I think that's a, that's a great game, of course. And when you get people practicing that, um, then that's when you that's when you get to challenge them to make great questions. And to, exactly. And to uh, and to understand each other and like why, the what, the where, you know, like all mm -hmm. those questions are very important. And in sales, I think when I when I when I talk about this, you know, this this at the start. Um, you have to ask all the right questions. You have to challenge your customers in, in, in a way that you get to make um, good questions that give the customer the answers that he is looking for. Hmm. And on the other hand, if, uh, if, you're, if you're good at making the right questions, you're, you're also going to challenge him to find things that are going to improve, are going to optimize, and are going to uh, make it better for them. So you bring in... Uh, you're taking the solution to the next level. Now, when it comes to the negotiation part, because you ask so many, so many good questions, all the right questions from the start, negotiation can sometimes can even just roll. It becomes a lot right. easier. So you set the scene to to be able to to close in the end, which feels very natural. And and I like the game Organic. because right. yeah, it, exactly because I mean. At the end of the day, negotiations should kind of feel like second nature to, to, to what we're doing, but they don't. And then the question comes again back to why. And, and that's why I, I think this type of games are excellent. There's a little, call it like a tip book, pro tips in, in negotiation. And if I'm, if I'm not mistaken in, in the order, 
first rule of negotiation or first pro tip is, is actually don't negotiate. See, it sounds counterintuitive, <laughs> but don't negotiate. Instead, find out through asking the right questions and, and being curious and, and, and inquisitive, what does your counterparty really want to achieve? What's really important to them? What are their interests, not just positions, but what are their true interests? And then once you've established what that is and you know that you can satisfy those interests, sell. Sell to the value, right? Make a good proposition that they have no reason to refuse. Then name your price. Then ask for the money. That, that actually helps people transition more effectively from, from, you know, the dread of, oh, now we have to negotiate. Now we're going to have to bargain and haggle and beat each other with prices and counter offers. No, it becomes a totally different process. So don't negotiate, but rather sell, sell to the value that you've established is, is, is what the other person's after. And then that brings me to your question. Number two, rule number two, or tip number two is don't negotiate with yourself because that's a very dangerous game to play. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Let's say I want to sell you something, okay? And I've had a great conversation with you. I figured out what it is that you need and how can my solution really satisfy your needs. And I'm, I'm putting my proposal together. So I'm about to send you my offer. And because I want to make a good impression, you know, I have a price in mind and I'm going to attach to that proposal because I want to make a good impression and I don't want you to feel like, oh, I'm, I'm crazy or I'm being too pricey or, or too demanding for, you know, high compensation. I'll start dumbing the price down a little bit. You know, I'll dial it down a little bit. I'll round it down. So instead of the number that I had in my head, the number that I'm feeling is, well, the proper worth, the proper value associated with my solution. You know, I, I, I negotiate with myself and I give you a lower offer. Not what I feel I'm worth or my solution is worth, but something less than that because I want to make a good impression, because I want to, you know, make you like me more, something like that, which is usually a bunch of BS. It's not the right way to go because you're actually negotiating with yourself. You're not handling an objection. You're not handling this as part of a negotiation conversation, let's say. You're negotiating with yourself and you're diminishing your own solution and value when you do that. It's exactly what happens. You diminish the value in your own solution. It's been a great conversation, Stan, and I want to ask you just a little bit. The, 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 the final question here, just uh, which game would you like to leave uh, our listeners to, to go and try? For both, one for decision making and one for negotiations. Hmm. Okay, that's a good question. Well, perhaps I would say to take it on as a challenge, right? Take it as a personal challenge to really start viewing the majority of life situations that you're at, at work, with your business partners, at home with your family and loved ones and close people as something that carries the negotiation element in it. And see, there's something quite interesting that came across me recently. Um, it's an article in, in Psychology Today. And the article was about 
what's the key to a successful marriage? Okay, interesting topic. It caught my eye, decided to go for it and, and read the thing. Um, so there's a beautiful cliche that people say, you know, the key to a happy marriage is compromise, right? You have to compromise. Well, it turns out it's not it. It's not compromise. Because with compromise, you don't really get what you want. N neither party gets exactly what they want. They got something that's a, a lesser version of that. Right. And actually, the key to a happy marriage is the ability to negotiate effectively with your partner. <laughs> and all the couples that have been married for dozens of years, they're, active, they're actively and successfully negotiating with each other. Because here's a very good thing to consider. A high value trade is not the same as compromise. So you gotta be able to make those high value trades, be perfectly willing to trade with certain things and know where you draw the line, where you put a stop to things and you don't go further, you don't compromise that because then you end up with a bunch of bad deals for yourself. And those bad deals are a bad formula for success. So I would say, hey, challenge yourself to look at the majority of your everyday life situations as negotiations and see if you can put yourself in a position where you handle that effectively, playing to the interests rather than positions of the people that you're dealing with and coming up with creative solutions, you know, all the win-win deals of the world. Because that's, well, obviously a good way to have a successful marriage, which is something that I'm interested in having myself, <laughs> uh, but also to be, well, doing pretty well in business and in life in general. That would be it. Great stuff. Great stuff. And uh, <laughs> very, very practical for people to actually think. And it's been a, a deep conversation uh, and with, with practical games right there. It's been it's been fun, Stan, and uh, I and even remembering back, you know, even when we did a, a, a simple exercise with the with the ice with the ice creams, you know, sometimes mm -hmm. I, I I even reflect myself that my autopilot says for a moment no choice, but mm -hmm. we always have to remember, and this is this is also the, the my one of the main key takeaways that I want to leave also listeners, we always have a choice when it comes to decision making. And, the, and, that's, and, and, and that's something that everyone needs to always remember. Because if you ever think too much that you don't have a choice, you fall into dark places. And, and we can make another episode again onto, onto so many other things, uh, Stan. But uh, I just want to ask you the final question. How can people get in contact with you, man? Right. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I love making contact with new connections. I'm on LinkedIn, so it's pretty easy to find me. Stan Dowloff. I have a funny last name. I know that. Stan Dowloff. I can, I, well, I'll get them to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I also have a private website, standowloff.com. Happy to get visitors there. So those things should be, should be good if anyone's awesome. interested. And I'll make sure to leave uh, the links to, to both of them, uh, my friend. Thanks appreciate so much that. for coming to the show. I appreciate having you here. Absolutely, man. It's been a pleasure. Great talking <laughs> to you. All right, man. Until next time, eh? Until next time. 
This has been Sales Network One, covering the concepts, the fundamentals, things you've heard others ramble on about, but in an innovative, exciting way that just makes sense. Join Sebastian again on the next episode. Subscribe now so you're first to hear it. And if you really liked it, give us a five-star review or share this episode with a friend. Our website is salesnetworkone.com. Hasta la vista, baby.